Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Southside, thank you so much for being a part of this day with us. Welcome home. Our desire here at Southside is to build real followers of Jesus Christ. That is genuine, authentic, true to who uh, he desires us to be. And that turns into a vision where we want to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here where we are. And you're helping us accomplish both of those things today. So thank you for being a part of this day with us. Listen, this is our, this is our uh, journey that we're on together. We're walking through a series we're called Knowing God. That's a part of our pathway to becoming a disciple. We want you to know God, find community, grow deeper, and make disciples because that's what Jesus called us to do. And during this month, we've been walking through just different stories of the Gospels looking at how people encountered Jesus and how Jesus encountered them and what that was like. First was Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus just simply didn't get it. Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, I don't get it. The next week was Mark chapter five, and there were so many encounters from Jesus with his disciples on a boat in a storm to a naked demon-possessed man, that was crazy, to a lady with issues, and finally a father with a sick and dying child. This is where they they all were. They all needed it. Nicodemus didn't get it. These people needed it. They needed Jesus. And then last week, just talking through, looking at another story of an encounter with Jesus, the rich young ruler. He just simply didn't understand it. One didn't get it. One a group of people needed it. This guy couldn't seem to get his hands on it and understand it. Today, Today may be my favorite story to tell in all of the Bible. A guy who simply just couldn't see it. I don't maybe, and, and so you may be in one of these places. You don't get it, or you need it, or you don't understand it, or you simply can't see it. But in all of these instances, Jesus met these people and he showed them what real faith looked like. So that's my question today. What does real faith look like today? Because we need to see that today. A.W. Tozier said this. He said, a whole new generation of Christians has come up believing that it is possible to accept Christ without forsaking the world. That's just not possible. So many people pray a prayer, but they don't do anything else with that. Listen, salvation is simple. Coming to Christ is simple. It's real easy. What gets difficult, murky, and messy is what comes after that. And so much of that is about you and me embracing more of Christ and forsaking more and more of the world. And so we just simply don't do that today. We want to have our cake and eat it too. And that's just not possible. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me. That's what it is. It costs something. And so when we ask the question, what does real faith look like today? 
It's really a question that we've been asking for generations, for thousands of years, and the thought the, the, in the, even in the days of Christ, what did it mean to follow him? And today is in John chapter 9, the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John was one of the original 12 disciples, and, and, and we need to know this. John wrote to the world. All four of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all wrote to describe Jesus in a specific way to a specific group of people. Matthew wrote to the Jews to show them that Jesus Christ was the king of the Jews. Mark, Mark was not one of the original 12 disciples. He took his accounts primarily from Peter, and he wrote to the Romans to show them that Jesus was the son of man. He was both man and servant, to or God and servant together, blowing the minds of the Romans. They just, it was just so wild to them. Luke, Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. He wrote the most detailed account of the life of Jesus. And he wrote it to the Greeks primarily to show them that Jesus was the son of man. He was both God and man combined. And then we get to John, John the apostle. He wrote to everybody, everybody in the world. Why did John write to everybody? To show the real Jesus. He wrote to the world to show us an account of the real Jesus, the true Son of God. He gives us seven major miracles that Jesus performed. Did he do more than seven? Absolutely. Did he? And, and he gave us seven I am statements that Jesus made to a group of people in various different situations. All of those things came together. Did he do more than that? Did he say more than that? Absolutely. John says that at the end of his gospel. He said, there, if we were to try to have written down for you all that Jesus said and did, there's not enough trees on the planet to make enough paper to feel, to tell you all that he said and did. And so here, the miracles that John highlights for us are intended as signs. I saw the sign. It opened up my eyes. Anyway, nevertheless, the, the miracles that John highlights are intended to be signs. They are miracles with a message. I love that part. I love thinking about the miracles of Jesus, but the miracles came with a message. A lot of times we want God to do miracles for us. We want him to show up in powerful ways, but we've got to understand the miracle always brings a message. And the purpose of miracles is to deepen our faith and our trust in Jesus. It's not just to get us out of a jam. It's not just to make us feel better. It's not to make life easier. The purpose of miracles is to deepen our faith and trust in Jesus, not in the miracles themselves. And so today, I want to give you the recipe for a miracle. The recipe for a miracle. Three things that I want to communicate to you today. Darkness, light, and sight. The recipe for a miracle. Number one is the word darkness. Because when you find yourself in a place where you need a miracle, it's generally because you are in a place of darkness. That's just the way it is. Someone's sick, maybe you're sick, you've got an issue, a health, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial issue going on in your life, and if somebody doesn't show up, if God doesn't show up, if a miracle doesn't come, then you're not going to make it in any of those facets. And so life 
gets very dark. Today, we see the story of a man that was born blind, so he's living in literal darkness. John chapter 9, verse number 1, as he was passing by, who? Jesus. As Jesus was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. Now, what did, what did that look like? Today, someone blind has some, has abilities that are afforded to them. They can live life. They can work. They can earn a living. They can do so many things. In this day and time, someone that was born blind really had one way to live, and that was to beg from people at the side of the road. And that's where this man is. Jesus is walking by with his disciples, and there was a man sitting on the side of the road, blind from birth. His disciples questioned him. Not the man blind, but Jesus. They questioned Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Now, it was a common belief in their day around the Jewish community that if you were born with some type of physical handicap or limitation, it was a result of the sin of your parents, a generational sin and a curse being placed on you, or it was some type of sin that you had, had committed that caused the cursing of God upon your life. Seeing as how this man had been born blind, then, then obviously it was not his fault. It must be some type of generational curse. That was the mindset that they had. Let me let you in on a little secret. God does not curse you. God has not cursed you. God does not curse you. God will not curse you. Well, how do people go to hell? God, God doesn't send people to hell. People go to hell because they reject the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. God does not want anyone to perish, and that means to die and burn forever in hell. He wants everyone to come to repentance and a knowledge of him through his son, Jesus Christ. Christ, the Lord and Savior, the King of the world. And so here, these disciples stop and ask Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Time out. Pause. Okay? This is what we want to see. Who sinned? I mean, can you imagine the conversation taking place? And th does anybody think about the blind man? Bro, just sitting there on the side of the road begging and asking for money or for help from people. And all of a sudden, they come up beside this guy and they have a conversation about him. Rabbi, who sinned? I don't know if this was leading up to it or right there at him, but I'm wondering if this guy's listening to the conversation. Imagine the dude just blind and people are having a conversation about you. You can't take up for yourself. You can't say anything. You can't counter. You can't come up against them. You can't see them. He's living in utter darkness. And so not only is he blind physically, there are people around him that are tearing him down emotionally. Crazy. Jesus said, neither. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. Why is this happening? Why is this going on? Did God bring this man to this place? No. 
Is God going to use this story to bring glory to him and to his son? Yes. Here's what happened. This man has, has been born blind, not because it's God's fault, but because it's man's fault. We can go all the way back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, and this is what we see. When Adam sinned, he found himself alone and without God. Adam died spiritually that day. The spiritual life went out of him. And when the Lord went out of Adam, the life went out as well. And when the life went out, the lights went out. And so that's what we see. Since that time, every person has been born a child of Adam with the nature of Adam. That means a life minus God, minus his life, and minus his light. That means bad things happened to good people. He is one of them. He was born blind. Why? Because sin entered the world through Adam. And because of that, it came into this man's life as well. We have sickness. We have pain. We have hurt. We have tears. We have death because of that fall. And so here in this story, they're wanting to know why it happened. Jesus said, we are at this place today with this man so that God's works might be displayed in him. You've got the recipe for a miracle. You have darkness. That's the very first thing that's needed. You've got darkness. You see, God designed us to rule over his creation. When Adam and Eve decided to listen to Satan instead of God, they reduced us all to a bunch of blind beggars. It's not God's fault you have problems. It's not God's fault we live in darkness. It's Adam and Eve's fault that it came into this world. And because they listened to Satan instead of God, they reduced every one of us to a bunch of blind beggars. The recipe for a miracle, number one, is darkness. Number two is light. Because when God shows up, things change. When God shows up, something happens. And that is where you see light. Look at what happens. We must do the works of him, Jesus said, who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Jesus is saying we are here in this moment. I am here on this earth for these things. It is day when I am here. He said, I am the light of the world. We've got to do the works of God while we can. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John chapter 9, verse number 5, you ought to write that verse down and remember it. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12, he told another group of people, I am the light of the world. He who believes in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Darkness, light, look at what he does. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, he made some mud from the saliva, and he spread the mud on the man's eyes. Again, they're having this conversation, and this poor guy is blind, and he's sitting there listening to all of it. He's got to be close enough for this to go down, so he's got to be hearing the conversation. 
Now, this is why I love telling this story. This is so much fun. My wife hates me telling this story because of the way I'm about to tell it, but I love it. It is so much fun. So let's picture the blind guy sitting there listening to these people talk about why he's blind. And then all of a sudden you hear, and the next thing you feel is somebody rubbing something wet on your eyes. What would you do? I'll tell you what I would do. If I was blind and I heard, this is what, then I felt somebody rubbing something on me that's kind of gritty and nasty, I would probably go, stop it, what are you doing? (laughs) I mean, I'm just trying to picture this guy sitting here in this moment. He's listening to these people talk about him, wondering why he's blind. He's done nothing to cause this blindness. He's probably asking God why this has happened to him and why these bad things have come upon his life. What did he do? Because that's what we do when bad things come upon us. We look at God and go, God, where are you? God, why is this happening to me? I'm a good person living a good life, trying to serve a good God, and then these things are coming against me. We are no different. We walk in darkness. But Jesus said he is the light of the world. And if you believe in him, you will be able to live and walk in the light of life. So the light shines in the darkness. And the Bible says the darkness cannot control it. Here he's sitting. Make some mud with it. Pick the mud up. Put it on the man's eyes. Mm. Imagine this moment. And then the next statement is funny. Go, he told him. He's blind. Where's he going to go? He can't see. You know, go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. So he left, washed, and he came back seeing. I just get lost in that, and I think it's so funny. Go, wash it off in the pool. The guy's blind. I'm sure he's like, great. Somebody go out and help brother up because I can't see where I'm going. Is the pool this way, that way, this way, or that way? But look at what he did. He left. Somebody helped him get up. They led him to the water. Probably had to put his hands there to feel it. And he took the water. And he washed it off. But he came back seeing. So, you're already mad. Somebody puts, he's like, get that off of my face. Go wash in the pool. Duh. Or if you read the King James, duh-eth. I mean, you know, what am I supposed to do? Thanks a lot. Somebody help me up. And he takes him. They put him there at the water. They put his hands in it, and he's, he's washing his, his face, trying to get all of it out. And then all of a sudden, he's like, wait a second. I mean, picture. Hang on. Because he came back seeing. He couldn't see when he went. And so at what point? I mean, he's washing it off. He's a full-grown adult. He's felt his hands, but he's never seen his hands. He's felt his arms, but he's never seen his arms. He's touched water, 
but he's never seen it. He's touched his feet, seen his, but he's never seen them. <laughs> what would you do? I tell you what I would do. I would go crazy. I can see. I can see. I can see. And I believe he's grabbing everybody. I can see invading their private space. I can see. I can see. People are trying to put you back. No, I can see. He left blind. He washed blind, but he came back seeing. Why put mud on his eyes? Why make him go and wash? Why not just heal him outright? Well, so much of the process of the miracle was, 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 was him living in darkness, him meeting the light, but him obeying God to the place where God, he did exactly what God said to do. Look here, Satan cannot put out the light of Christ. So what does he do? He blinds the hearts and minds of the unbelieving. You can't put out light. Darkness is not the abs. Darkness is not, it's, it's just not, does not overwhelm dark, light. All darkness is, is the absence of light. Light overcomes darkness every time. Satan cannot put out the light of Christ. Instead, he wants to blind the hearts and minds of the unbelieving. He wants you stuck in darkness. He doesn't want you to experience the light of the world because when you have light, then you have sight. The recipe for the miracle, darkness, but then there's light, and then light leads to sight. Look at this. Once you get both light and sight, you still have to learn how to see. This guy still had to learn how to see. He's never seen anything before in his life. Everything is brand new. Now, the next verse I'm paraphrasing because I'm paraphrasing several verses together. Many people, his neighbors, the Pharisees, and the Jews, began to ask the man, how were your eyes open? How were your eyes open? See, that's what everybody wants to know about a miracle. How did this happen? This is what they did. This is what they said. Some said, they had, this is kind of paraphrasing the whole situation, his neighbors, the Pharisees, the Jews. Some people, they're talking about him. I'm picturing this guy running through the streets, grabbing people. I can see, I can see. Woo, praise God, I can see. Jumping up and down, having a fit. And so they're talking about him. Some are saying, he's the one that was born blind. Others were saying, no, it's not him, but it looks like him. This is the funny part. But he kept saying, I'm the one. He would run up to him. They're talking about him. He's like, no, it's really me. I was blind. It's me. And he would run over there. It's not somebody else. It's me. I'm the one. I think that's so funny. <laughs> I'm the one who was doing it. Therefore, they asked him. Then how were your eyes opened? How? How were your eyes opened? See, that's what people want to know when it comes to a miracle. How did it happen? See, it's not about the how. 
It's about rearranging the letters so that you can find the who. See, it's not about how it happened. It's about who caused it to happen. Because how you got out of darkness is directly related to who brought you out. Who caused it to happen in your life? And so this is what he said. The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and told me, go to Siloam and wash. So when I went and washed, I received my sight. This is what he's saying. He's like, listen, they're saying, how? How did this happen? How did this happen? He said, hang on, hang on. Woo, I got to tell you, Hang on, I'm just going to tell you. The man called Jesus. He was talking with his disciples. They showed up. When they were talking about me, I was kind of ticked off, and I didn't, didn't know what to do because I really couldn't find them. And they were talking. Then all of a sudden, I heard him go, and then I felt something put on my face, and then I realized he had made mud with his spit, and I was like, get that off of me. And then he said, go wash in the pool. I was like, duh, I can't find where the pool is. Somebody's going to have to help me, but I'll go. He goes, he washes, and he says, I can see. I can see. It's me. Boom and he's gone again. Notice the progression. Notice the progression. See, darkness, recipe for a miracle. Light, and light to sight. Look at what he says first. They ask him, how did this happen? The man called Jesus. You and I know this to be true, but he didn't. Not before this moment. Jesus is more than a man. Nicodemus said that. We know that you are from God because no man can do these things unless God is with him. Friend, Jesus is more than a man. Later on, this is what his neighbors were warning. He's like, no, it's me, it's me, and this is what happened. Then the Pharisees came and asked the blind man. Now the religious leaders are getting involved. What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? The man said, he's a prophet. They came and they stopped him. They said, hey, bro, calm down, calm down. He's telling everybody. And they said, tell us what happened. How did this happen? He's like, hang on. <laughs> there were some guys, they were coming beside me. They were talking about me. They were wondering why I was blind. It kind of made me mad. I was trying to fight them off. I was like wondering where they were. And then all of a sudden, I heard this guy speak, and then I heard him go, <laughs> and then I felt like something on my face, and I was like, get that off of me. What are you doing? And then he told me to go wash, and then I did it. Somebody led me over there. I washed him. Man, I can, I can see. I can see. So what do you say about him? He's like, well, I guess he's a prophet, because that's what you say to preachers. You got to get a religious answer. This is what you tell preachers. I guess he's a prophet. It's a religious answer. He's a he's a special. He's a man from sent from God with a special message. Well, just a story before, he was just a man called Jesus. Now he's a prophet. Jesus is more than a prophet. He's more than a teacher of God's word. 
I love this. So a second time, the Pharisees, the third time, but the second time, the Pharisees summoned the man who had been born blind and told him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. Basically, when they say give glory to God, they are putting him under oath. They brought his parents. They questioned his parents. They said, hey, that guy running around over there, they're like, yeah. Is that your son? Yep, that's him. Well, I mean, are you sure that's him? Oh, no, that's him. We know him. He's embarrassing us right now. They bring him back to them, and they said, hey, tell us. Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered. He said, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know. I once was blind, but now I can see. Tell us how this happened. A man talking to some people said that this was done for the glory of God. He spit, put it on my face, told me to go and wash. I went and washed. I can see. He was first a man called Jesus. Then he was a prophet. Now they're trying to claim he's a sinner. He's like, buddy, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. I can just testify to what I do know. I once was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And the man said, I already told you, and you didn't listen. Why? Do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? Here's practical theology for us. This is where the religious get so caught up in themselves, they miss the real thing. They ridiculed him. You're that man's disciples, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he is from. Look at what this man, practical theology. This is an amazing thought, the man told them. You don't know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes. He said, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Look at the theology He's like, well, you know as well as I do, God doesn't listen to sinners. But if anyone's God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. You see, throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone open the, opening the eyes of a blind person. Only Jesus is, is, is recorded as being able to do it. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. What they said. They said, You were born entirely in sin, they replied. Are you, and you are trying to teach us? And then they threw him out of the synagogue. Jesus is more than a man sent from heaven. That's what the man said. First, he was a man called Jesus, then he's a prophet. Now he's a man sent from heaven. Darkness. Light and sight. It's always a progression. When Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, that meant he was cut off from society, from his family and his friends. Jesus found him and asked him, 
Do you believe in the Son of Man? The term Son of Man is another reference to the Son of God. Do you believe in the Son of Man? (laughs) Basically, this guy said, I'll believe whatever you tell me to believe. Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He said, you, after what you did for me, I'll believe anything you say. Jesus answered and said, you have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you right now. What did the man say? I believe, Lord, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I have come into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see and those who do see will become blind. What did he learn? Simply Jesus is the light of the world. See, these stories are written so that you will believe in miracles, but trust in Jesus. So today, admit your blindness. Come to Jesus and finally walk in the light. It's that simple. We make it so much harder than it should be. This guy, he testified to what happened to him. He didn't have to know all the other answers. Jesus came to him and said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He said, sir, I'll believe in whatever you tell me. He said, then you've seen him, and the one that's speaking to you is he. He said, I believe, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. You want to you take... And let God meet you in your darkness and bring light into that. Light brings sight. But it doesn't happen overnight. You've got to take the process. The light can happen like that. But the sight is a progression. He had this man called Jesus. He became a prophet in his eyes. He was a man sent from heaven. And now he's the light of the world. Three-step process, friend. Admit your blindness. Admit that you're living in darkness. Come to Jesus. Make a profession of faith in Him and Him alone as your Savior. Then, go walk in the light. You know why? Because Jesus is God's answer to your greatest need. So where do you need a miracle today? Where are you in the dark? Where's darkness overwhelming your life? That's where you need the light of the world. That's where you need the light of Christ to shine unto you so that you can see. Because Jesus is God's answer to your greatest need. If you don't have a relationship with him today and you need that, you want that, you desire that, you want to know him personally, pray with me. Call out to him today and say these words with me. Say, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe you love me so much that you sent your one and only son to be my savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me to you. Say these words to him. Jesus, be the Savior and Lord of my life. I am ready to follow you, and I say yes to you today. Listen, becoming a Christian is is as easy, as simple as confessing, calling on him. But I'm going to tell you the hard work comes now. 
It's taking steps of faith and obedience. That's where sight comes. Does you no good to pray that and walk away? What do, this, this is the moment of truth where you say, I'm going to put feet to my faith and I'm going to tell somebody, let us know that you made this decision. Let us know that you need a miracle today. Let us know how we can help and serve you. Follow the prompts. Take us. Let us take you to another level in your walk, in your faith with Jesus Christ. We want to help you. Will you let us? I hope you will. And I pray you have a wonderful week. May God bless you. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.